0: ideally with the walker or with the wheelchair for sure
1: nice okay well, yeah we have definitely
2: had people that work remotely through their lengthenings
1: oh yeah 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 i've heard that i've seen them there so yeah that's that's the most ideal if you guys can get like some sort of remote work or virtual work that's the most ideal. Okay. Uh, next question coming up to you, Mike and Jason. Um, Hi, Journey's back on. I told you they love you. I hope I'm not. Let me know if you guys needed like a hard cut, start, stop of anything. Um, Hi, Journey's saying since the tibia bone healing and consolidation is slower than the femurs, what are good PT exercises to stimulate tibia bone formation and healing? So this kind of touches on what Brian just talked about. But Mike um, or Jason, do you guys want to take this one?
3: Okay. Walking, standing, pool therapy. Uh, okay. Those micro vibrations to help stimulate uh, bone growth,
1: uh, good diet. Got it. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I, uh, here we go. That's the question. Yeah. So you heard him there, uh, HJ. And by the way, he's another YouTuber. So if you guys want to um, see some of his amazing videos, he's a femur-lengthening patient. You can check out his channel, High Journey. So a little shout out there. I also realized right, move-
2: that, yeah, yeah. that the... Consolidation is not particularly longer. It's the lengthening phase that's longer because you go a little slower on the tibia.
1: Interesting, interesting. you don't you don't think it heals a little bit slower, Fran? I think that I don't know. The, in my case. The ratio
2: for adults is about 1.5 to one. so okay. if it's if it's three months to um, to lengthen, then you've yeah. got about um, 4.5 to consolidate. It's not particularly slower on one versus the other but definitely the distraction phase is slower
1: yeah that's true that is very true okay well you're the expert all right let's see um next question here is from benjamin he's asking when doing quadrilateral lengthening, all four segments would you recommend patients do it three to four weeks apart or do the femurs and the tibia a year apart so this is going to you know that muscle tension. Obviously, I know at the Pale Institute. He likes to say that ten centimeters. If you're doing it with that shorter time frame, and if you do it a year apart, you can go for maximum length zone. Both um, for quadrilateral patients that you've had, Jason. What What was the time frame? The ideal time frame that you see in between um, was it three to four weeks or the one year in between? I think that their screen froze. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, they, they're sitting there too still. I'm like, that's not looking right. Brian, you want to take that? I'm going to try to find them. I'll I'll knock them out and they'll know to come back on.
0: Um, yeah, you know, uh, if it was me, I would do it uh, the year apart. Um, okay. you know, we've seen some patients that, you know, doing all four segments, you know, uh, pretty much together uh, can be very challenging and very, and you know, quite painful. And so some people go in with the expectation that they're going to get more overall length. Mm-hmm. and then They get into it and they realize, you know, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Um, so you know, everybody's different. People have different pain tolerances. People have different you know levels of motivation. Um, but I think if it was me, I would I would do the year apart, just to yeah, kind of sure. let everything settle down and not try to you know, you know force it. Get after it too hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good good advice, and that's what I, you know, we all try to echo that on here. Um, all right, next question is. For preparation for the surgery in terms of stretches, how many times a day do I need to stretch and how should I space them out? So this is that pre-surgery phase. Um, How many times, I know you said this earlier, like maybe three to four times a day, Brian, but how should they space them out? Like morning, noon, night, or is it just depend on their schedule or whenever they can get it?
0: Yeah, um, certainly, you know, anything's better than nothing if you're in the pre-surgery phase. So, I mean, if you can stretch three or four times a day, awesome. You know, a lot of us have, you know, a lot going on. So I know that's not always super realistic every day. Um, but the more, the better, you know, as long okay. as you're doing it safely, um, you know, you don't want to be tearing the tendons off the bones. Thinking, I got, you know, you gotta be a little bit, um, you know, controlled, but yeah, if you can space them as evenly as possible throughout the day, um sometimes you know the having a thorough warm-up is very important so we wouldn't necessarily want you to you know roll out of bed and get into a really intense hamstring or quadriceps stretch um, without you know moving around getting an active warm-up um but certainly if you can space them evenly throughout the day you know two or three times a day before slavery, that, would be that would be amazing okay that's yeah. like yeah. the ideal perfect that's really good advice
1: because i know that pre-surgery phase it will also get them in like very disciplined for what's to come during the lengthening phase so um that's another thing the mental preparation of it all right we're gonna try to get mike and jason on this before they drop out again <laughs> i think the, co- the connection is probably bad over there are you got you probably in the basement over there i know that's like fort knox so <laughs> um all right this question is from jnu he's asking the question for the whole team would you undergo limb lengthening personally or advise a loved one considering all that you've experienced in this field, femur, tibia, your suggestions. That's a good question. This guy's six three. This guy's six five. they are tall guys. They're really tall. They don't need <laughs> yeah. lengthening. But um, let's 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 take it from this angle. Let, let's talk about like versus like a like a small discrepancy. Let's say two and a half centimeters. Um, when it, you know, obviously that can affect, you know, the pelvic obliquity and all kinds of problems in the back and whatnot. Let's say friend, you want to hop in on this. Would you get lengthening done, um, or advise a loved one to get it done based on seeing the recovery of patients over the years?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If I had a limb link discrepancy, I would absolutely um, have lengthening to have it done. And, and actually, ironically, we have a, a family member who has a child with a uh, limb discrepancy Jeez. and yeah, definitely oh, crazy. trying to get them in here to get that done.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a proponent of it myself for that. Um, and let's say, let's say stature lengthening. If you had a pa- let's say, I don't know, uh, a niece or a nephew who was really feeling bad about their stature and, you know, they wanted to kind of boost it a little bit. And we know you guys do it extremely well at the Paley Institute. Um, would you kind of kind of be more of a supporter or say, hey, look, you need to think about this because we've seen, you know, a lot of patients and we know that you may not be able to handle this. What's your suggestions there? Me?
2: Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Let's do cool. you again so, and then we'll go up together. No, let us <laughs> any of on Okay. My, uh, Mike? answer that.
3: I'm not looking at it like any other plastic surgery nowadays, uh, cosmetic surgery. I mean, if it, it's something that really is uh, negatively affecting your life or ne- negatively affecting yours, I guess your uh, uh, self worth. But I mean, I, I definitely gain some confidence in other ways. But if this is something that really you need or want in your life, yeah.
1: Okay, he's a supporter. Jason. Uh, yeah, I would. I feel the same way it's um i am also uh short uh, so i know what it is like to be uh, picked on to be alive and also be known as the short person so i understand why uh most people or some people would want to do the surgery okay very cool so it's kind of like a personal effect and then brian he's super tall he doesn't need it he could dunk a basketball just standing there uh but what about like a loved one or a friend um who was thinking about this
0: yeah, you know, I would just say that there's a lot to consider, you know, definitely do your research and understand that this is not, you know, uh, easy, simple, quick fix, you know, you know, get rolled in here and get rolled out in three months and everything's, you know, hunky dory, um, you know, it is a very difficult, painful process. And, you know, on the, on the flip side, if it's something that somebody feels very, very strongly about, um, you know, then that's totally understandable and say, you know, go for it if you're able to but just realize that it's not easy and if you're kind of like well 50 50 i don't know it sounds kind of nice i would say don't you need okay. to be really dedicated and you know really want it badly so that's, I love it. that's awesome that's yeah, a going to brian's point we've got several patients coming here that would it's like i just got to get linked and that's it they,
3: don't, uh, they thought they didn't really have to work on it, work for it yeah. but you're not going to get what you want if you don't work because this is not an easy process I love that.
1: That's so and cool. I would, Yeah. Go ahead, I
2: would add something to that and that with any type of cosmetic surgery, I would say if you can comfortably financially afford it, realistic, but do not sell your house, do not mortgage your house, do not give away your college fund. You know, you need to be you need to be financially stable to do this and it doesn't make sense to you know throw away your financial stability in Mm -hmm. order to do this and i would say that with any type of cosmetic surgery
1: absolutely that's a really good angle that you pull in on that because the financial we know that this is a super expensive surgery but um i didn't really think about it that way very cool all right uh moving right along here we have about i don't know six or seven questions that are coming in uh what's the hard stop i don't want to like keep you guys too long any guys good for at least another 15 minutes at least Good, okay, cool. All right, let's roll with that. Battery, (laughs) (laughs) friend, might cop out a little early. All right, uh, (laughs) Tibongo not long asking what exercises would be good for hamstrings in preparation for femur lengthening. So, Mike, can you demonstrate any like femur stretches while you have that little um PT bed there? Yeah, yeah.
3: So, I mean, just keeping your back straight and then just go forward. So, I don't we don't really care how flexible your back is, so you don't want to round. Right. Mm-hmm. So, the hamstring is attached to issue of Tigrassi there. So, you want to try to have good posture and then.
0: Got it. Yeah. That's
3: good for the, the hamstrings. The adductors, you actually just abduct a little bit and go more toward the center. Okay. Um, and the Thomas stretch that I, I demonstrated earlier, <laughs> for your, uh, you can do this with the a little bit if you go toward the inside rectus stretch told you about
1: as well for the rectus swimmers. very cool wow so there you guys got he just dropped five stretches on you so get started get flexible <laughs> awesome all right um, next question is from a physio perspective, do you think one can recover from quadrilateral surgeries um, if they did it a few weeks apart just as well as if they did it a year apart for a total gain of 10, maybe 11 centimeters? So if they were doing the total 10 or 11 centimeters, but one guy did it three to four weeks apart versus somebody doing a year apart, would they eventually end up at the same
0: result? Brian? Um, you know, in, in life, nothing's 100% certain. Um, yeah. you know, the, the quadrilateral uh, lengthening is like we discussed earlier, uh, a lot more painful, a lot more difficult um, mm-hmm. than perhaps spacing the year. I understand people want to just kind of knock it out you know, as quickly as possible, um, get it over with. And you know, in theory, you know, they should be able, and you know, usually will be able to make a, a full recovery and be just as functional as if they had waited to space it out. Okay. Um, but it's a much more intensive process when you're doing all four. So, okay. you know, if you're dedicated, if you're diligent with your exercises, stretches, and therapy, and absolutely, you know, you could have the same results.
1: Very cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, next question is from, uh, he's asking, Should stretching exercises be modified in terms of duration and intensity in order to prevent excessive tension on the Achilles tendon and posterior fascia? in Cases of tibia lengthening, so I guess he's worried about straining the Achilles tendon. So, Mike, you just had recently I, you want to talk about your injury in the Achilles tendon. This is your <laughs> down your alley. Um, I'll pull up the question here. So, yeah. he's worried about stretching, uh, well, the Achilles tendon. I had seen, uh, yeah, go ahead.
3: Yeah, well, I didn't about my, uh,
1: my injury, yeah.
3: yeah. So, I had a skiing accident, uh, and uh, my Achilles tendon partially. I got. to really worry about uh, too much training on my head. But uh, to answer the question, uh, long-duration stretches, I more if you um if you're starting to feel a little bit of like maybe Achilles tendonitis, especially if you're prone to that, uh, you want to not go as forcefully. or uh, if you feel that, I would say just do more long-duration stretches. Um, okay. I've, I've helped them to a, uh, three minutes sometimes, um, but it's usually about a minute if you're
2: super
1: tight. Got so, it. So just Got it. Very cool. Yeah, I think that was one of my biggest things. I was a sprinter, and I know that I always had a little bit of tenderness in my Achilles tendon, so I was a little bit cautious with my gastroc stretching. <clears <clears throat> <clears throat> Very cool. Uh, yeah,
3: doesn't have Achilles tendonitis or not prone to it, I'm, we, I don't have anybody had any issues with the, uh, the mm-hmm. Achilles tendon. But if, yeah. like, for me myself, I do have Achilles a uh, prolonged chronic, and I, I, I can't do it a super aggressive
2: stretch.
1: Yeah, yeah, same thing. I think that's, you know, a condition for a lot of people. I think they need to kind of like check that, and that's what goes back to Brian when he was talking about prehab. If you can get like a trained physiotherapist to kind of check you out and say, hey, look, watch out for this, it might be something to kind of be noteworthy of as you start a, the process.
2: A couple of things I think to think of for prehab and for preparation for this surgery mm-hmm. is really strengthening upper body as well because they're gonna be using the, the upper body to help get around. And if their upper body is really weak, that's gonna be really difficult. And the more they're walking and weight bearing, but they have to offload, um, you know, the healthier their legs are gonna be. The other thing I think is really important for prehab is to be at a good body weight, Mm -hmm. because the more excess weight, excess fat that you're carrying around, the harder it's going to be. So, you know, we don't want any crash diets or anything, but (laughs) but to be at a healthy spot, right? A healthy weight, and that's gonna be a lot easier. You're gonna be so much more mobile than Mm -hmm. if you're, so if you're looking, you know, at prep, if you have a year in advance, Nothing crazy, but just a healthy diet and a healthy body weight to go into it. I think it yeah. will help a lot.
1: Tremendously help. I mean, there's been patients who've gotten this done. They were a little heavier, and they said the same thing. They said, hey, guys, if you're thinking about this, lose some weight. So very good. Um, this next question is uh, asked uh, from a lady. She's asking, how long after limb can I wear heels? Um, Jason, you want to take this one? <laughs> Uh, as long as you are fully it, you can wear any footwear you want. <laughs> there you go. There you, you're go.
3: Flexible. Uh, you don't want to promote uh, a toe-down orientation if you're super tight. You want to try to gain that flexibility back. Then I would be like,
1: okay, you yeah. can wear whatever. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So bone heel enough flexibility.
2: With the tibial lengthening, it's going to be... It's going to be something you're not going to want to do a lot of. I mean, heels in, in any situation should really be in shorter duration, mm-hmm. you know, not not something you wear all day long yeah. every day, but mm-hmm. especially after tibial lengthening, because what wants to get tight are the two joint muscles, the gastrocs. And if you wear a heel, you're just going to promote that tightness.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So I guess maybe, Fran, like maybe like after you're getting a normal walking gait, by the one-year mark, heels are good to go, maybe. Depending. I
2: will your... say heels are in small doses. <laughs> small Gradually a build up foot to it. And leg.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some crazy girls out there that like to wear those big old heels, you know, ballerina heels. I call them so. Um, yeah, very in smaller
2: cool. doses. Go and wear them for dancing at night, but like, don't wear them to the office all day. You'd
1: be surprised. That. They wear them to bed. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this one's from Alexandros. Um, Sounds like a Greek name, but anyway, two questions. For a patient who, who's interested in this procedure, but like me, has tight hip flexors and left hip pain snapping, how much of a hurdle would these conditions be to getting the surgery? And then his second question, I'll, I'll follow up on this. He says, let's actually address that one first. So he's saying tight hip flexors, left hip pain, clicking or snapping. Would that be a big hurdle for getting lengthening done in his femurs? That's
3: like an IT band issue.
1: IT IT band. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Say you can
3: do foam rolling. And Got it. Of that yeah. Like, okay. uh, the snapping hip sounds
1: like an IT band issue. IT band. Oh, yeah. I, the click. Yeah. That makes sense. So, just like what Mike said, try some of the foam rolling, um, myofascial release. See that, like Brian said earlier, go see that specialist ahead of time, and that'll help you prepare a lot more. Yeah. The ones that uh, Mike showed yeah. earlier, like the Thomas stretch and the other ones for the hip flexor. Um, and then his second question to that. Was does the Paley Institute offer any assistance in mitigating these conditions before surgery, or you guys have any recommendations? Okay, so he's basically saying, could he come to you in advance before femur lengthening? So let's say he, you know, booked at a hotel a couple months in advance. Could he come see you in advance, Brian?
0: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no We'd love to uh, get started. You know?
1: yeah so you kind of give them some foreshadowing and say what to expect and whatnot. not so there you go so yeah they they have it they'll they'll assist you all right next question um oh is that a third question let's see oh he's just saying yeah, how to resolve these issues. So, myofascial release, just like uh, Mike said. Um, is it advisable for patients to take bodybuilding sports supplements that help rebuild the muscle and speed up recovery? I know, Jason, when we were talking to you about our interview, when I was doing an interview with you, you talked a little bit about this. Can patients take like protein shakes, creatine, BCAs to help them heal up after physical therapy sessions as they lengthen? They, yeah, they can take protein shakes. A lot of patients end up doing that. You know. Okay some of them really can't stand that long so american shakes is yeah <laughs> that's true i know a lot of them are like oh it's nasty i'm like what's wrong with you come on <laughs> uh says the bodybuilder but anyway um- <laughs> a, <lot>
3: of- <laughs> a <lot> of- <laughs> appetite and they're not getting the supplements the they need to so they can use like those shakes to, to keep good body max uh, but some people do get a little bit too skinny yeah skinny. Uh, they lose a lot of muscle <laughs> Uh, the long way of the of the way. so their mass uh does decrease a little bit. So yeah. and also like I said, they're all about to kind of decrease So, so with protein shakes is great.
1: Gotcha. Just so uh, I think hey. Mike, we're cu- cutting up there a little bit. I'll just kind of reiterate what he said. He said that protein shakes are really good because it can kind of help you um, hold your body mass a little bit, retain muscle better, because he says that a lot of patients tend to lose muscle mass um, when the surgery hits. So um, yeah, just like the audio was kind of choppy a little bit. Because your
2: appetite gets a little bit less.
1: The yeah, the appetite. Muscle. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're not as hungry because your appetite is less. That's what he was saying. I think it's
2: also really important just to eat a really good healthy diet with regular pro- protein sources as well mm-hmm. and then yeah. augment with the shakes and, and the protein powders as you need to, but I don't think that should be your, your sole substance. Right.
1: No, no, no. No, for sure. Whole proteins first and then it's a supplement for a reason. Absolutely. I agree with you.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: Um, okay. So we have like a couple more questions we're running. We're, they're starting to realize that this is going on forever, but they love you guys. So, uh, Jenu's asking, would you say there is a permanent loss of mobility if a patient lengthens to eight centimeters versus five to six centimeters for the femurs? Thanks. Uh, Brian?
0: Well, you know, our goal is to have no permanent loss of mobility, you know, or flexibility eventually. Um, so, you know, it's going to be, you're not going to get as tight if you don't you know, do the full eight centimeters, sure. Um, but our goal is whether you do five or eight, you know, as long as you can tolerate it, um, is to get you back to 100% and back to you know, functional activities. Uh, so,
1: gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. They don't play around at the Paley Institute, guys. I mean, that's why I brought these on. These are world class, you know, rehab experts who come on. I don't hear any problems from a lot of their patients. And the reason why is because they just don't tolerate. If you can't get back to 100 percent they don't i mean that they didn't do their job and they do their job so um we don't
2: we don't sacrifice function for length
1: that's that's the echoing statement yeah from both the medical team and the physio team it's just what you hear they don't sacrifice function for length um and then the next question is thoughts on lengthening over nail femurs so this is um for patients out there who don't know what this is it's an external fixator that fixates into the femur and they do lengthening that way. It's been phased out in most clinics, but they're at, he's asking, what are the long-term trauma? What's the long-term trauma to the fascia and the muscle? Um, should this method be banned for cosmetic purposes? Mike, you want to take this one?
3: Well, we actually had one that did it for cosmetic purposes at the office, like six years ago. Um, and you're allowed to talk about it. An external fixator, and, and I, don't, I don't think they had that uh, internal nail to guide it. it just had mm-hmm. what external fixator. Gotcha. Um,
1: yeah.
3: But you're allowed to be weight bearing, accelerated But it is going to go through the soft tissue, and, mm-hmm. and it will cause a little bit of a longer scar and um, and uh, some infections. Um, but I mean, if you don't care about the scarring and, and
1: you want to be weight bearing tolerated, that's
3: an option for you.
1: True, true. No, yeah, that's right. And we
2: we began, I mean, we, we began mostly with that because when we first opened back in 2009, um, the ISKD, which was torturous, mm. was was the lengthening nail back then. And so we did do um, lengthening over, uh, not lengthening over nail with that. I'm sure we had, but I just don't remember. But um we definitely did cosmetic lengthening with some external fixators. And we also still do a lot of uh, four segment lengthenings for folks with dwarfism mm-hmm. um, with sometimes their, their bones are too small for the um, internal nails. Oh, and gosh. so either, or they have too much deformity to correct so they can't use the nail. Um, so we either do, you know, two segments with the, the circular frame and the femurs with the nails or sometimes all four. Oh, so wow. that still happens and yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a very good, if that's what you need, that's what you need.
1: Wow. Okay. So it's a custom approach.
2: Right. About,
3: he actually had the option to be, have internal fixator, uh, to LinkedIn, but he, he chose an external fixator.
1: Wow. Wow, that's crazy. And I'm sure that he, (laughs) pain-wise, he might have regretted that a little later. I know for a fact that it's a little bit more painful. It goes through all that soft tissue, like you mentioned. So um, incredible. And Fran, going back to your point, I'm guessing a lot of pediatric patients probably see the external fixators a little bit more than the adult patients? Yes. Yeah, that's true. Okay, very cool. Um, Next question here. Uh, Yeah, they're piling in here. My guy in the back, Randy, saying maybe in here. I might, Randy, because it is going on a wall. Using an internal nail for the femur, what are your thoughts on rehabbing alone if you can't attend physio, uh, physical therapy center? So I guess that's, uh, let's see, here he goes. Here's a question. Brian, you want to take that? Or Jason, yeah, um, either one of you guys. I, I
0: don't think that's really gonna be an option if you're trying to get the surgery through the Paleo yeah. Institute, you know? They're not gonna do it. You're just, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take <laughs> care of it. You know, see ya. It's like, uh, it's not gonna happen. So you have to be a PT five years. Yeah. You're playing with fire.
1: Yeah. Yeah, playing with fire. The
2: recipe for disaster.
1: Look at that. <laughs> yeah, they're dropping that, dropping that. So if
2: if somebody has a limb length difference and they have a very oh, short yeah. one, like a centimeter or so, mm-hmm. that's a little different. But if you're going for stature lengthening, that it's you're not going to get that here. Go somewhere right. else, and then we'll see you after you destroy your joints, and then you come <laughs> here for reconstruction. We've so, done that. We've seen we've seen several people who have. Um, literally lost entire function and they are in wheelchairs when they come to us. Um, wow,
1: yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So, JNU, uh, definitely go see a physio. I mean, make sure they have limb lengthening experience at the physios you see. Got it. Um, we'll answer a few more here and then we'll, we'll wrap up in like a few few minutes here. Uh, following up on the, going to the Paley Institute before surgery for rehab to fix the hip pain, uh, would that be covered by insurance considering that it's not a cosmetic process? Uh, Mike I guess or Jason yeah go ahead yeah go ahead. So this guy is basically saying that he had that IT ban that you were talking about earlier that issue with IT ban. Uh, would that be covered by his insurance because it's not a cosmetic um, issue?
2: If he has a referral.
1: Oh if he has a referral okay gotcha. Yeah. So and he,
2: honestly he could he or she could go to a local physio for that I mean we're happy to see them. But they could go to a local physio for that. And, oh, okay. And get that, um, you know, in a better situation before. And I would suggest before they undertake limb lengthening for the femurs that they address that yeah. somewhere.
1: That's, yeah. Yeah. And he, I'm glad he kind of knows that he needs to. So, all right. Last question. Um, we'll take this last question and we'll do a, like a round out here. Um, he's asking Do you do uh, cosmetic lengthening on the forum at the Paley Institute? So, I I mean, yeah, so that's what his question is. We all know the answer is probably no. I think that Paley only does the humerus. Um, But I want to kind of change that question into. I don't
3: think that I can think of um, cosmetic for forearm. Have you, friend? I know with humerus. Well, well, we have
2: definitely done limb differences. So for um, somebody that has a short forearm, we've definitely done that. And we've done that more than once. Um, Yeah typically though that's done with a circular frame a vilex frame or it used to be Taylor spatial frame because there's usually some deformity to correct with that um we may have done a modular rail or a drive rail i can't remember i honestly can't remember but there's usually a fair amount of deformity that needs to be corrected and that Mm -hmm. requires the um computer driven
1: Gotcha. And so it's, yeah, it's probably not cosmetic. That's what I think he was addressing. But let's say for like, uh, I guess, patients with achondroplasia or hypochondroplasia, like, or even pediatric patients, have you seen them for that? Maybe like if it was a reason, uh, lengthening of the forum? Absolutely. You have? Okay. Cool. Yeah. A lot.
2: <laughs> a lot? <laughs>
1: That's why I thought no, you guys were there. There's
2: a lot out there that the general public has no idea. You know, yeah. a lot of de- <laughs> deformities, a lot of um, limb differences. And yes, we treat it every
1: day. Every day, that's what they do. Every day. They're the best for a reason. All right, guys, we're going to do a round out here. So I'm going to ask, go around the panel here and see if you guys want to just give any final words of advice from your experience um, you know, working at the Paley Institute uh, Rehab Center there for patients considering limb lengthening, whether it's for discrepancy, stature, deformity correction. What's your advice to patients um, you know, from your experience? Brian, let's start with you.
0: Um. You know, I would I would try to make a schedule, you know, and kind of stick to it because it's really easy to have this plan in your head of okay, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to be really good about you know my stretches, my exercises, my therapy, and then you get you know a third of the way through it, and suddenly it's it's not so easy, you know, and it's easy to slack off, it's easy to you know kind of get a little bit down, you know, uh, psychologically, and you know it's easy to kind of skip days or not do your exercises at home or not wear your dorsiflexion splints. Um, so, I would just really come up with a, a solid plan um, that will help you to stay kind of on the right path um, and just make sure you do what we ask you to do and you'll be fine. It's uh, awesome. Very it, cool. Very cool.
1: Uh, Jason?
0: <clears throat> as far as
1: statue lengthening, just be dedicated. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. If you think you're just going to come here, get us for one hour, go home, lay down, and there's going to be no issues. It's not the truth at all. You got to work at it. This is um, you get into it what you get. at Yeah, that what you get into. Very cool. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. stay motivated.
3: Ninety uh, percent of this, I think, is just mental. If you can stay motivated and do uh, the things that your body is basically telling you not to do because it's hurt and it's sore, it's it's oh, I I don't want to do it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You got to stay mentally motivated to do this day in day out, three to four times a day, and. You like, like you said, you, you get in it and you stay motivated the entire
1: time. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that mental aspect. That's huge. The time you wake up, the time you wake up, you got to feel motivated and stay with it. Yep. That's right. It's a no, never-ending process until you're fully back to 100% years later. So, um, And then, Fran, I can't, can't forget you. What's your final words of advice to other prospective patients out there?
2: I would say definitely do your research before you before you undertake this. Um, prepare ahead. You need to prepare financially. You need to prepare psychologically. Um, I think it's fair also to explore. You know what you want to get out of it. Maybe go see a psychologist and kind of talk about why you want to do this. I think I think that's really important. Um, and then I think also, you know, prepare, you're going to need to have someone down here with you for the first couple weeks, for sure. Um, you know, make sure that either you're going to hire someone or you're going to bring a family member that's supportive. And, um, you know, again, I, I agree with what the stuff that each of them has said, it's, it's all about what you do. Um, one last thing I might say is, I think that those that spend some time in the pool, like an hour in the pool, exercising every day have better outcomes as well. It doesn't have to be formally through our aquatic uh, program, but you know, that's time that you're moving and you're able to exercise and not putting too much weight on your, um, yeah. on your limbs, but you can really get some great uh, cardiovascular and, and range of motion. In, yeah, and it just keeps the the spirits up as well
1: yeah and you guys have a hydrotherapy pool there and an anti-gravity treadmill i saw it, i was there
2: yeah we have a, a pool off center but we're right now in the phases of planning for our uh, our additional pool that we're going to be constructing so
1: oh okay you're yeah it's coming Fair. but we it's do coming. have off center
2: but Stay. it's florida there's all over yeah there's
1: water <laughs> everywhere and the hotels very cool.
2: that our, our patients stay at have a pool with the lift
1: ah uh, yeah i've heard of that and the shuttle bus comes and picks them up it's as easy as that so very cool well i want to thank all of you for coming out and sharing your valuable expertise with all of the patients watching um it's truly going to help them out big time so yeah um we'll have to have you guys back on and maybe sometime later this year but i really appreciate it um this is the world-class physiotherapist team from the Paley Institute in West Palm Beach, Florida at St. Mary's Medical Center. If you guys want to reach out to them, I have the links to, you know, reach out to their team um, and their emails all below this video. So go ahead and do that. If you want to find out more information or contact them directly, I think Angelique will kind of spread out the information from each of them. And yeah, until next time, this is Victor from Cyborg for Life signing out.
2: See you guys next time.